citizens of Xenia. Earlier this evening, a group of independent belligerents attacked a press conference with the intent of harming Penelope Farthing and the fellow crown. Though the attack was thwarted by the aforementioned team, my team, several members of the media lost their lives and many others were injured. The means by which the assailants entered this satellite without detection are unknown. Until further notice, ring-gate activity has been suspended, with the exception of critical and emergency transport. This extends to all aethercraft and aircraft freighter class or larger, while we investigate the means of ingress. No doubt many of you are frightened. When adventures larger than life play out on demand in high-definition strive for our entertainment, it is an easy thing to lose sight of the microcosm of life that exists to support such grandeur. The lives of those who enable our great works can become plagued with thoughts of insecurity when heroes and villains, gods and monsters are woven throughout every moment of their existence. Living at the whim of such myths and legends can transform awe and wonder into pain and struggle when their actions and their lives wreak havoc on your own. Collateral damage is a term bandied about by politicians, like me, and is used by those in power to justify careless actions. Collateral can mean many things, a price paid, concurrent but secondary. I am here to tell you, citizens of Zenith, that your lives and livelihoods are not a price to be paid for heroism. Your losses are not secondary to those in power. The League of Ultimate Questing's purpose is not entertainment. Since we first stepped onto the main stage of interplanar and transcosmic politics, we have dedicated ourselves to making safe the pursuits of heroism, to ensuring that those in power do not simply hand-wave the losses of those without. The losses we suffer tonight as a community, in both life and faith, harm us all, and we will submit nothing to bring those responsible to justice. Thank you. The chaos of combat resolves into panic as the devastation of what was wrought comes into focus. In less than one minute, civilians were murdered, your ally was injured, and a threat was issued from the cosmos as Penny's ancestral enemy declared war. Four doors around the room burst as men in mirrored helms shatter the locks which held them at bay. Moments later, clerics of Aura pour in and begin to triage the wounded. Those in need of urgent healing are mended with simple spells. Those too far gone are laid into stretchers to be resurrected at the headquarters. At the moment, the air was even slightly cleared. Iavos was scampering to go help the injured out on the floor, panicking, looking to left and right. Is everyone all right? Penny Hal, I need your help healing them. Uh, as you do so, a particularly large cleric that you recognize as Moss walks forward and places his hand, which occupies most of your chest. Please, sir, there's no need. We will do our jobs. You've done yours. 
Alice is just in a panic, looking back to the party, still shouting to see if everyone is all right. Now more specifically referring to his allies. It's a liability issue. We can't afford to have people who aren't licensed healing people, says a strange rattling. As you begin to approach Penny, so too is someone else. It's a midnight blue insectoid with four arms, and it bears a headdress mounted with an eagle skull. He's clicking and chittering as he approaches Penny cautiously. Hello there. Uh, I'm going to move to Penny's side, not like get in this guy's way, but just be near her. Penny, are you all right? I, I feel so strange. Is this a friend of yours? He's very beautiful, isn't he? He extends one of his forearms and gently pokes the area around your wound. Gaspar is going to point his crossbow at said insectoid. It, it looks at you with kind of a flat disdain. These are healers, Gaspar. Those creatures were disguised as members of the press. Any one of these could be trying to finish the job. Until their identities are certified, I do not trust a single one of them. He holds aloft what looks like a scepter or wand that seems to be made from the hand of one of his own people. He gestures it towards Penny, and nothing happens. No spell is cast, no magic is released. You feel an odd itching where the wound is, but nothing happens, similar to when Iavis tried to heal you. Penny remains conscious. She still has hit points. But with whatever nature this wound has, she is currently laying down in a fetal position on the table where she was standing. She shakes slightly and there's a waver in her voice. I, I don't feel so good. It's not supposed to feel like this. The creature's brow seems to wrinkle in a gesture you're not familiar with. He holds his scepter aloft and then rests it down on your head. And as he does, everything stops and you stop remembering. He casts a spell that seems like stasis on her and she holds locked in place. Iavos looks to Gaspar now realizing that he's very rational in his doubts. Are you all right, Gaspar? I'm doing just fine. Does anybody have eyes on Hal? Looking around. Halophon! You probably went to help heal people. You don't see him. My God, he's really learned stealth. Hal! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Halophon! One of the nearby clerics. Uh, where is our friend Halophon? Uh, gay, tall, blonde hair, quite dashing. How am I supposed to know? He he attacked the troll. There was a huge flash of light. We, we combined our powers into one. I actually never saw him land. Uh, I let out my magic, and then... I look down at my bottle, and then, Hal? <laughs> Looking inside of it. <laughs> my gods, what have I done? And you hear a familiar voice behind you. You might find him in the bottom of a bottle, but not that one. Hal's gone. I'm sorry. What? He's dead. No, no. No, he, he, he put him for a leave of absence. He did paperwork. He so, planned ahead? Sort of. He, he, put his, <laughs> he put his name on something and left it for me to fill out, but... He was very clear that he wouldn't be back for some time. It's not that I don't believe you. I'm just surprised he didn't mention it to us. I'm sorry. I think I think whatever happened happened suddenly. You mentioned that someone he recognized was his coach, and this was not normal. Uh, so we heard. Yes. Unfortunately, I think that entity, whatever it was, called him to greater purpose. Uh, Rain, we've just now learned that anyone can be a foe. 
How are we to know that we're still safe? You don't. As she says this, the insectoid, using his scepter, simply gestures towards Penny, who seems to lift off the ground as though they are completely weightless. Before she drifts out of his reach, he grabs her by the ankle and begins walking her towards the exit. The Penny Balloon... God, if she was awake for this, she would love it. <laughs> Why is Penny always getting hospitalized? <laughs> Rain, this was bedlam. Yes, and should have been impossible. Do we know how many survived? I couldn't even see the whole room. There was enemies everywhere, and my friends were getting wounded, and it all flashed in my eyes, heartbeat in my ears. Three dead, five injured. As she says this, she looks at the blood stain where Perry Filigree's body once was. That poor man had his throat slit. He should be fine. He's he's on Zenith. They got to him in time. He should they should be able to resurrect him. Yes, I certainly hope so. I hope they can help everyone here. <sighs> she seems shaken by this. A number of bodies were found ritualistically flayed in room ten twenty six, here in the chariot. And those bodies What's the possibility of their resurrection? The clerics have informed me that this should have been hours ago, so they might be resurrectable if they have if they have the Quinn. This is a tragic, dare I say, failing of security in Zenith's behalf. This shouldn't have happened. I know this shouldn't have happened. Believe me, we're doing all we can to investigate, but it's been mere moments since the incident itself. Do us a favor. Take some time. Collect yourselves. And I'll take you to Penny as soon as they allow. But what of how? What does a leave of absence entail? How long will he be gone? We don't know. But leave av- but the leave of absence, since it was properly filed, should mean that they will allow us to replace him temporarily. Caspar, when Hal was leaping through the air, everything seemed to slow down. Did you notice that? I did, yes. Did you hear something, too? I thought maybe it was a result of the spell casting, but I thought I heard some sort of chorus... He does channel the powers of his home plane, so... I can't imagine anywhere else you would need to go. Is there any way to contact him? I don't have these magics. Uh, And I fish into my pocket really quick and pull out Hal's bell and hold it up. Well, he's safe. (laughs) He's not being wounded or dead. All right. I'll go talk to the the anti-heroes and see if they they know anything. The anti-heroes? Yes, the individuals in the mirrored masks... They're special forces, if you can use that term. Yes, they were our escorts to the lower ring. They're usually tasked out to handle security at major functions and to protect or harm heroes as needed, hence their name. You see, the League does not necessarily deal in good and evil, and so when someone goes rogue, it becomes necessary to recruit those who can handle it. As such, these individuals are considerably powerful. It is ill-advised to get on their bad side. That aura cleric, he couldn't heal Penny. His magic didn't work. I don't know anything about that. But Al's missing. Penny's wounded some way beyond magic. Please, Hyavos, I know as much as you do, if not less. You were here for the fight. I was watching via scry. I had to make the hard call of turning this into a quest so that you were able to summon the glory to do something about it. I had to give you impartial viewers just to save your lives. Please, give me time. You'll have answers that I can get. I don't need answers. I just want to help. I'm not sure you can. I have to go. She turns and walks away. Well, Gaspar, seems the crown is down to two prongs. 
The next several hours pass in a haze. Bloodied bodies, smoke, feather, fur, and flesh. Eventually, you find yourselves at home, waiting. The only thing you're not equipped to do. Penny, I would say that you awaken, but this is more of a continuation, as though something were paused and then continued later down the line. You now lay in a room lit red, that same insectoid cleric hustling about, collecting herbs and concoctions. How do I feel? It would be unusual to say you feel fine. You not being familiar with a terrible, large cross-section of medicines and healing spells are unfamiliar with exactly what it is you're feeling. But you can tell that the place where you once had a wound is extremely numb. So much so that you're almost not even certain that section of flesh exists. Penny seems to carefully consider her physical condition for a moment before deciding that she has not been kidnapped and is likely just awakening once more in some kind of hospital room. (laughs) How does it look? It turns its head completely around, despite the fact that its body remains in the same position. It uh, seems uncertain, though you're not entirely sure with its face being the way it is. (laughs) Instead, it clicks at you concernedly, uh, turns the rest of its body around to match its head, and then walks up to you. It sets down all of its supply, takes its scepter, and pokes you in the place where your wound is, and you feel nothing. Some real bedside mantis. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't feel it at all, but... I don't have the shakes anymore. It holds out one of its lower arms and reaches towards your skirt and tries to lift it up. Um, hi. Uh, it lifts things in a way that is not terribly revealing and shows you where the wound is. There, you see your normal flesh and a horrible wound. It seems to have cut through the meat of you into the ribs and seems to have sliced along the sinews in that area, exposing the peritoneum. Yet you feel nothing. That doesn't look good. It's not. Is is this forever? Mm, What is forever? Shrugs. It takes you a moment to parse what he's saying, and you realize he's making a joke. (laughs) That's very funny. When can I go home? It looks around. No. I apologize. My bedside manner is not good. That's okay. Well, if I'm stuck here for a while, could I get some ice cream? This is not in your diet plan. You can continue to fight. However, the wound will not heal. Is that another joke? No, you're cleared for combat as needed, but you're, uh, cursed. Mm, not the word, uh, sorry. Your language is not something I'm familiar with. Uh, broken? Wrong. Incorrect. Malfunction? Error. Error. Well, to be completely candid with you, I think I was broken before I got this. No. All evidence suggests you are fine. (laughs) I am sorry. I tried removing curses. I tried calling in allies to help remove curses. This is not possible. And yet here we are. 
I was told that working on Zenith would be challenging, but mm, this is stupid. <laughs> oh. Oh, when I asked if I could go home, you said now. No. Right, I, I heard no. No. <laughs> okay, I'm... I, I guess I shouldn't take up any more hospital space then. No. This is dedicated for your purpose. You're okay. Also, you have visitors. They've been waiting. Visitors? Yes. Is it... Is it the fellow crown? I'm not going to explain to you what will easily be explained in a moment. He walks over to an odd rope and then pulls on it. And as he does, you hear a jingling bell. The remainder of the fallow crown enters with rain. Hi... You all came here this time. I, I'm so glad this place is just as confusing as before. Yes, well, I'm sure your room is just as confusing to me. He unceremoniously dumps some of his supplies on the shelf. How are you feeling, Penny? Um, strange. I, I'm not in pain anymore. I, I, I seem okay, but this cleric says that this wounds won't heal that I can't can't am cursed wait let me see that wound I'm gonna go up to your bed you're gonna feel a ice cold touch somewhere around your ribs as Gaspar hands you contraband ice cream <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a wound like this actually I think you have Gaspar this wound is very similar to the one that killed the Voltrap I couldn't heal that one either. My magic didn't work. And he said that the the highwaymen that cut him down bore the same symbol on their knives. I say pulling out the oversized dagger I took from the troll. It is not unlike a short sword or a long dirk. You call it a dagger in name only. In reality, it could run a man through. But there, on the hilt, you see that same symbol from before. A circle with a cross through it and two chevrons, as opposed to the single chevron common to the Church. I wonder if it's the mocking that curses the blade or the metal itself. Does it look like any kind of special steel or something strange? No, but you can tell that the steel itself looks uh, ancient, old, but not rusted, as though time immemorial has weathered it, yet no rust has formed. So there's a connection between this wound and whatever strangeness is happening down on Era. But why did it affect me? I heard what that troll said before he cut you. Something about Dark Fae. Death to the vessel. That's what they said. Yes. I thought they meant you. She looks at Iavos. I wasn't sure what they meant. But it seems natural that those creatures being tainted by Dark Fae would have a need to kill a good Fae, yes? I'm sorry, I don't know as much about the Fae as I wish I did. It's hard to find literature from entities that keep their history in poems and paintings. Halophon, you can come in. There's plenty of room. You should probably be hearing this. Penny, Hal is missing. Well, he filled out the paperwork, but he's not here. He's... What do you mean? What do you mean Hal's not here? I was just as surprised. He's taken a leave of absence. But where did he go? Well, your guess is as good as ours, but some clues seem to indicate maybe he went home. So he just left? And he didn't say where he was going? That is about the size of it, yes. Did he say why? 
said nothing. He vanished in the fight. I don't think he knew he was leaving at that very moment. It didn't seem planned. It seemed as though he was taken more than he was exiting. Are you sure? Did he leave because I ate his tater flakes? (laughs) Oh, Penny. He did. (laughs) No, no. Hal's a very complicated person. There are many things about his past even we don't know yet, and I'm sure it just caught up with him. There are always more tater flakes. Rain seems lost in thought. Rain, your people have studied the traces left in error. When we went through Decon, you studied the particles that were left uh, on us from error. Is there any way to figure out if these dark fae have somehow traveled to error? Maybe. It's possible. I mean, I will say that once the Zenithal Guard has, has, has finished their investigation, I'm sure the Commissioner will be able to gain access to their bodies. We could investigate that dagger, which, by the way, you should not have taken from a crime scene. Not really thinking about it. It was a battle. The spoils of war belong to us. This isn't a quest. Well, I guess technically it is a quest. Fair point. Gotcha. I approached it as a healer. Uh, The tool that caused the wound could be used as evidence as to how to cure it. I'm not here to judge you, but this could inhibit the Zenithal Guard's ability to do their job. Right. Uh, There were multiple of these, yes? Just the one. I see. Well, it seems Aura's unable to do anything about the wound. I would like to try, not that I think I have the gifts needed, but if you think I should hand it over, I will. For now. But we can return it to you once it's done. It is technically quest spoils. Wait, Tayavas, this was the same dagger they used to slit Perry's throat. Yes, nearly took his whole head off. Now I really want to know if he's going to be revived or not. He won't. When did that news come in? They just told me. That's tragic. Yes. I wish we could have acted faster and helped everyone. Then there was nothing we could do to save him. There was much you could have done to save him. A wound that cannot be healed? Excuse me, sorry. I'm preoccupied. Well, if Hal is gone, and Penny is wounded in a way that cannot be healed, I don't think there's a way we could do your Axis quest. At that moment, Penny stands up from the bed, a little slowly, but sturdily. It's okay, Iavos. They said I couldn't be healed. They didn't say I couldn't fight. This is a curse. Many things fight with curses. You could say that again. I am not capable of laughter, but I would if I could. Uh, Penny, are you sure? She doesn't have much of a choice. I can do this, Iavos. Well, we still need a fourth. That we have taken care of. Since Hal gave us a little bit of time, a little bit of headway, we were able to line up another ringer who will be filling in for Halophon. This is not a good look. These are bad optics for you. The fact is, you've just had a public announcement of your team, and you're missing one quarter of it. If Penny were to go as well, this could be a death knell for your popularity. So, thank you, Penny, for volunteering. Well, at the very least, I'd like to patch you up in a little more permanent way. Obviously, I can't heal the wound, but that doesn't mean we can't keep it from being an open sore on the battlefield. Perhaps some gauze and leather and unguents, yes. I have done my job. Would you like me to go out and put on a strange robe and fight things on your behalf? Trust me, the stasis will hold. She just needs to check in every few weeks. 
Why didn't you tell me you used a magical stasis? I was, looks like an open wound to me. We could fill it with wax. Oh, I filled it with time. Why would wax be better than time? Optics. <laughs> <laughs> it will be fine. I just maybe won't wear a crop top for a while. And the wound is not at risk of opening further or causing any more damage. It's going to stay as it is. All right. Very well. <sighs> you might notice some inability to do certain um, abdominal exercises. Certain contractions and movements might be difficult. The muscles in that area do not function. If you have difficulty breathing, please come back so I can read a mo- so I can modify the stasis. Duly noted. Thank you. Uh, you will get a temporary negative one d four when you attempt to perform acrobatics checks. Oh, that can't stop me unless it's mm-hmm. healed, or unless you remove the stasis, at which point you will be perfectly <laughs> capable of moving around. You will also have a wound. Yeah, let's not. Did the paperwork that Hal filled out say when he would return? No. It was a long shot, but I had to ask. That's fair. I do have some news regarding the investigation. The anti-heroes found a device that they suspect is a prototype short-range ring beacon, not unlike the one you used on row K-43. How small? Very small. Too small. They suspect it might have been stolen. Technology from the Nexus Enterprise. Nexus, that's the, the big company that makes all of the Gizmotech. Technically, they own the League of Ultimate Questing, in a way. Well. So we're dealing with somebody that has stolen League technology and used it to, to what, to infiltrate Zenith? They've stolen more than that. They also found another device that they suspect might be used to temporarily remove the dampening that we put on teleportation magic on Zenith. The idea is we don't want people being able to just pop in wherever they wish. Normally, unless you're in the middle of a quest... You're not supposed to be able to do that. We can usually put up large-scale beacons of this kind wherever we need them. Places like uh, during the Crucible, for for instance, or during your um, custom dungeon that was made. But this is on a much smaller scale. Again, we suspect might be Nexus. If that is the case, then why is the League even continuing to do quests and not focusing on this? Why is is there not some kind of hiatus? Acceptable risk. People die. We all work in a field that is specifically trained. We all work in a field that is specifically high risk, high reward. We are investigating this to the best of our possibility, but more manpower does not help. They can't risk their profits. Exactly. Plus, uh, well, brother always used to say that in the big cities, if uh, something was happening with the royalty, they'd keep it a secret because the people would panic otherwise. I trust all of you will maintain discretion. Well, if you don't trust us by now, I don't know when you will. Fair. Before I hand over this dagger, just one thing. I'm going to go and uh, set it on the counter and uh, take out Opus. Be like, wake up, friend. Wake up. There you are. (laughs) And I just hold his eye over the dagger and say, get a good look. Learn what you can. Just take it in. And one of the pages begins to fill in with just drawings of the dagger and notes about the handle and the image mm. we can do more research on our own perhaps perfect and tuck him away and uh grab some like hospital linen and wrap up the dagger in it and hand it to rain don't cut your finger it's forever <laughs> <laughs> look to the mantis <laughs> he shrugs no you do not know of any other visitors 
It's your room. <laughs> he walks over to the door and opens it. Um, and as soon as he does, something rolls in. At first, it looks like it might have been a large basket of laundry, some whirl of rags and cloth. And then you realize it very much has the shape of a humanoid-like thing, possibly a goblin, but you're not entirely sure. It seems to be clad head to toe in a very long, tattered blanket. It is doing what you might call a cartwheel, but it's doing it very poorly. It comes to land and throws out its hands in a kind of ta-da gesture. It's a very weird hospital. <laughs> and nice. Yeah, in my house, but the man. Hello. Penny claps. Penny, you recognize this creature. This is the same creature that brought you the cards from Kinuant. Um, I was about to say, I do recognize this creature. <laughs> oh, it's it's you. It's me, you're right. It's been so long. You realize you can't see anything of this creature, save its hands and feet, which seem to be long, gnarled, and knobby. They have unkempt fingernails with all sorts of disgusting things caked into them. Scabs cover every joint. This is our fourth member. <laughs> no, I suck at the fighting. I'm not very good at the fighting. I can see that. <laughs> He's, uh, this, this creature is a messenger from the spoke of Kinuent. There's me. He's Bulganus. Is he sanitary for a hospital environment? Oh, no. Neither. <laughs> oh, so sorry. <laughs> I don't touch, though. Just grounds. Ground is bad anyway, and I'm bad, too. <laughs> sorry. And he hits himself on the head a couple times, gently. Do you have another message for me? I do. You're so smart. He touches where you assume his nose might be and points at you. Uh, he reaches into a pocket in his unusual frock. I guess you could call it a bag that he seems to be wearing. And he pulls free a crumpled note and hands it to you. I will immediately read it. It's very simple. 30 quint, Kinuent. I, I don't understand. Um... Well, can you tell me what this means? Is are you looking at Gaspar? Oh no, okay. I'm looking. <laughs> you look specifically like you're I'm looking, looking at Baloney. <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's maybe you're hurting, and you fix it for price. Oh. Oh. Yes, Pagey. He say come to here, and he say give you this. And he say you understand, and if you don't, it's okay. They're saying that they can heal this wound, and it will cost 30 quints. Maybe Bugelnaz don't know, but you probably do. I thought they were trying to sell you the spoke for a very affordable price. <laughs> <laughs> when I get notes like those, it's for jobs. There's your location to meet and your price. But it will take a while to get 30 quint. Not as long as you might think. You did just complete a quest, and you are now hero rank, which means you earn faster. If you do well on this next quest, you could very well earn 30 quid. Well, that sounds much better than getting into a glory hole. Speaking of, I actually do have your your score. From the press conference? Five oh. all the way. I'm not sure I want to hear it. Yes, from the press conference. You see, I had to activate your bracers so that you could use your glory and so we could get some objective eyes on it. And fortunately, that means that it is... Graded. Unfortunately, it means it's graded. Yes, usually we get to prepare for such things. That was really dropped in our laps. Yes, well, as you get into hero rank and higher, you'll start to see more and more quests pop up without your consent. That's the thing, is I, as your 
team manager, technically. I am responsible for deciding when something is a quest and when it's not, and I hope I made the right call. I guess I'd better commission some armored pajamas. Your teamwork was a five. No actual KOs. Some of your team took some damage, but you were well-coordinated. You synergized well, and made it clear that you knew what you were doing. Ingenuity is a five. You had clever ideas, and you knew how to deal with various threats, and while unorthodox, your tactics were sound. We did the bait and stitch. Your valor was solid, but hiding behind a table while hostiles attack civilians is seen as cowardly. This gives you a four, which isn't bad. That's actually quite a good score. Your discipline, however, and while you had good tactics and you were focused, and that did help you, letting Perry die and allowing other reporters to be killed and maimed is inexcusable. Of course, we understand why you wanted to protect your friends, but in the end, the audience sees failure when innocent people die. That's why your discipline is a two. One for the death of Mr. Filigree, one for not prioritizing the harpies for, to prevent further loss of life, and one for not opening the doors to, which was preventing the civilians from leaving. So, what does that make the total? That's an even four, which is good. Being hero rank means it's multiplied by three, which means you have twelve. So that's four for each of us, if Hal is unreachable. Unless you intend to pool your resources to pay off the presumed hospital bill that Kinuent is offering. We can discuss that when it becomes a possibility. It is a possibility. You see, it's not too late to put in for a special challenge request. I know this might seem odd, but you have permanent hit points missing. If the rest of you are willing to subject yourselves to a further penalty, that is to say each of you has missing hit points, you actually could get your score multiplied. You could walk out of this with enough Quinn to pay this off and still have leftover. I can't ask you both to do this. My money, my problems. I'm not really concerned about making sure we have anything left over. I'm prioritizing getting Penny healed. Even if you do get a perfect score, unless you get a multiplier, you're not going to have enough. Not all of us have very many hit points to trade in, but... um... This works off of percentage. Because she already has some missing, you could agree to a 25% loss across the board. If you're willing to submit yourself to a little more, Penny, and everybody else takes 25... We could theoretically negotiate a times two multiplier. Are there other handicaps you can take? Many. But usually they're reserved for champion rank when you have the resources to afford that. But we can negotiate that. What if I go in unarmored? Oh, no armor? Yes, that is that is one potential thing. It's a negotiation, you see. Oh. Well, what it, if I leave my bag of pebbles? I'm not going to go through every single one of these. <laughs> there are some that are literally you go in empty with nothing at all. We haven't met whoever's going to be helping us. I believe their input would be valuable in knowing what we can do. Not as much as you might think. He's a ringer. Believe me, he'll do whatever it takes to get on the team. Well, doesn't make much of a difference to Penny. What do you feel, Gaspar? Oh, I'll do it. Yes. If it means we can heal Penny as soon as we get back, that seems fair. Although in the meantime, I think Aura should reach out to the people of Kinuit. Apparently they have some medical secrets that even your people don't have. This is insulting. No, they don't have anything medical. Whatever they're doing is something far beyond medicine, because believe me, we did our job. I think what he's trying to say is that this is either specific to Faye or to plurals. What if we just didn't cure you? We always take the handicap and just always make more money. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose we can discuss that at home. 
I would love to rest somewhere not here. Can we head out? Before we go home, we have to meet the poor soul who's going to agree to this. Your ally, it seems, has already started the party. He's at discard, waiting for you. That dump? I thought it went under. Hey, Dirk. Oh, Rusty. You're here. Of course I'm here. You were injured on my watch, Dirk. And I feel bad. And do you also feel a growing sense of friendship and respect? No. Oh. Dirk, you're a puerile and emotionally stunted gibbon with no sense of personal responsibility. You getting stabbed doesn't make you any less insufferable. Ouch. That didn't hurt worse than the stabbing, because, you know, duh. But I'm sad that living together hasn't moistened the hard shell of your candy coating to the sandpapery tongue of my infinite charms, thereby allowing said tongue to penetrate into the soft, damp carob center of your heart. Good lords. I know, right? I've been reading. What, the toddler's guide to mommy-daddy words? Look, Dirk, I feel awful that you got hurt. You may be a parasite to society, but nobody deserves to be injured quite so often. I'm truly glad you're okay. Oh, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Pretty messed up. (sighs) It's like someone made an apple pie out of chuck roast and then served it with scissors. Lords below, Dirk, what's going on? Why haven't they healed you? (laughs) Fun thing about that, they can't. What? Yeah, Doc said there's uh, apparently nothing they can do about it, uh, but wait and hope it gets better on its own. But apparently the blood's collaborating. Coagulating. Yeah, that. And it is healing, but it's it's taken its sweet time. Apparently, without constant medical supervision, my risk of inflection is crazy high. I don't remember the exact words he used. I was hopped up on giggle juice. I'll let you in on a secret. I still am. Dirk, I am sorry. You save your sorries for the feel-bad box, Rustful Yearnings. I haven't even gotten to the worst part. Oh, no. I hate to tell you this, Rusty, but... I won't be able to do our camera talks for a while. No more shooting the breeze with my main squeeze. Oh, man. Dirk. Wow. That is just... Dang. You know, just... Dang. I know. I know. I'm sorry, Russ Bucket. You'll have to make do with some straight lace button-down, buckle-up, zip-tight little Donnie do-right. Sitting there all straight-backed, reading the prompter like some kind of news goblin. (laughs) Hey, bud. It's okay. You'll get through this. You'll get by without me. It's just for a little while while Daddy puts on his feel-better bones. You want to sit by my bed and hold my hand? No. Oh, come on, Rustus. Wrap that meaty finger blanket around my sickly digits. Hung me a song in your tingly baritone. Goodbye, Dirk. I hope they take good care of you. I brought you some chocolates. Aw, score, chocolates? That's in my top two favorite things to eat with the word chalk in it. I'll leave them here by the door. You get some rest. Uh, 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 Can't reach them. I'm ridden with bed. Rusty. You forgot to feed me, Rusty. Uh, It hurts to move. The chocolate. Nurse. 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 Durkey needs 12 cc's. Both C's stand for chocolate. Uh, uh, nurse! 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Lots of folks these days move at a high speed. They keep their character sheets on tablets, and they roll 2D4 when drinking a healing potion. Well, call me old-fashioned, but here at Domain Farms, we make our healing potions the way they did in the good old days. Sure, 1D8 ain't quite as rewarding as 2D4. That's the way our daddy made them. And that tradition lives on with us. Ain't that right, Scraps? <laughs> Domain Farms. Old-fashioned 1D8 healing potions. You know it'll last if it's cured. Hail, you cuties. This may date this particular episode, but I just wanted to take a moment to say something. All I really have is words, but it feels wasteful not to use them. I don't need to be the one to point out that there is conflict in Ukraine as Russian military operations invade. There are protests against this invasion all over the world, including Russia itself. Times like these, we all share in the feelings of this global tension. Our thoughts are with those defending their homes and those protesting against this dangerous act of aggression. We're simple comedy nerds, but war affects everyone. We're grateful we can be here to bring a little laughter into your lives, but we implore you to stay informed of the shifting global climate. And, of course, we hope that our fans and their loved ones impacted by this are as safe as can be hoped for. I'm not sure what else to say, but thank you for letting me say it. I won't spend too much time on the other details because this feels a little out of place adjacent to that message, but I will thank all of our patrons and remind you that the things we make we love to share with our Patreon supporters. Tons of gaming content and bonus audio. I want to say thank you to Zach Zan for joining the Battle Axis. And of course, our legendary mid-roll teams are the Titans Rise, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord, with Eerie Lunar Rose, Maisie, Korgoth, and Mike Gordon. The current Slapdash mailing address is P.O. Box 230091, Tigered, Oregon 97281, for things like fan art, letters, but not homemade food. And our email, if you want to get in touch for more businessy affairs, is admin at slapdashstudios.com. Please follow us on twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams, where Dana hosts new LUQ episodes every Monday, me and Zach stream Pokemon Wednesday nights, and Thursday night is Penny Plays, plus so much more. We'd love to see you join the Discord, we are running low on pins, and we love you very, very much. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Battle Axis. There's a monster inside you. It hungers. Trust your guts and feed the beast. Where do you go to satisfy your cravings for fresh hot fistfuls of food? It's time for some Taco Growl. Feed the beast. With our classic value menu featuring your favorites like the cheesy gorgondita, the double stuffed chupacabra, chicken archfesadilla, nachos el grande with brocamole, 
the cheesy black bean Frito, and our classic Faco Grande. And for a limited time only, you can try our new Flump Wrap Supreme Combo Meal. Wash it down with a refreshing Bahir Blast. That's not your stomach growling, it's the beast. Taco Grill. Feed the beast. The Fallow Crown walks the promenade of the ring. None of you have been to Discard, but you know it by reputation. It is a seedy place which picks up the dregs, the losers, the motley fools who are rejected from Lucky Sevens. You approach the door and are greeted by the bouncer. She's a Goliath woman, standing easily eight feet tall. Her skin looks like polished white marble, and she's wearing a sundress which seems to have been artificially extended. She stands up, brushes herself off, and smiles at all of you. Hello there. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Uh, fairly well. We have a rendezvous at your fine establishment. Oh, well, I wouldn't call it fine, but thank you. Head on in now. I'm assuming y'all are hero rank. You have a good day. All right. You're going to be up towards the top. And if y'all have any problems, you can bet I'm going to crush your head for it. Well, uh, let us in, I suppose. She pushes open the large double doors that look more at home in front of a castle than at a bar. Let us taste the local flavor. <laughs> As the fellow crown makes their way into the establishment, Penny kind of whispers to Gaspar, uh, okay, I kind of get what Hal is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the hallway before you is stone blocks with heavy wrought iron sconces. As you walk, you see posters which indicate the theme of the night. Dungeon. You see attractions listed. Slimes, skeletons, zombies. You're not sure exactly what they mean. That is until you enter the bar proper. Before you lie stairs that lead down, down, to a balcony which runs the full circle of an arena. It is a dirty thing, thick with moss and overgrown algaes on hard stone. The whole place seems to be themed as if you were in the middle of an old, ancient dungeon beneath a castle. There are tiers, the lowest to the highest, the highest being heroes, the lowest being legends. The lowest tiers are unoccupied, but there are heroes and champions aplenty. They sit at tables on the rails surrounding the balcony, and behind them are private rooms, which have large wrought iron cage doors, which close for privacy, such as it is. Is there a show? As you begin to step a little closer, you do in fact see that there are men standing on one side of the arena. Uh, it looks like they make up some kind of team, but you're not exactly sure what their theme is. You'd place them somewhere around hero rank. And after a few moments, the door on the other side of the room opens up and out walks, or shambles rather, a considerable horde of zombies. The fighting begins unceremoniously and without much enthusiasm. This seems to be the prelims. All these people do is quest and fight monsters, and in the their free time, they come here to watch more of it? Strange. Entire amphitheater dedicated to violence. As you take in the room, it becomes clear to you exactly who it is you're going to meet. And why is that? <clears throat> I got a thing written. There's a sliding sound, like something wood dragging hard against the stone, followed by a loud, wet slap over and over and over again as something approaches you slowly. It holds its arms out and starts to speak. Your sail snaps in the salty wind. The deck groans beneath your feet, timbers threatening to buckle. You know when she turns this shade of gray, all could go belly up. 
The songs of your crew whisper slow to a bitter halt, and one foolish and brave among them says the words you dread to hear. His slumber in the deep is ended. Thunder rolls, spouts, rise from the surface, great waves crash against the side of your small vessel. The wandering tide has found you. And he's bloody glad he is. <laughs> <laughs> as looming as a mast with sails unfurled, he ducks his head low to not bounce it against the buttresses at the top of the bar. His cuttlefish eyes yawn with excitement. His shark's grin of short, wide fangs grows broader with each passing second. His blue-gray skin and pale underside would look more at home on a great predator of the sea than it does on the giant in the tavern. The flesh around the right side of his neck and right shoulder hangs like drowned corpse bloat. The tattered, salt-stained clothes that do little in the way of modesty are clearly of a life from the high seas. An open blouse of what you could generously describe as white. Black breeches tied off at the knees and fastened to his waist with a mauve sash. And a leg made of a branch of gnarled driftwood that begins just below his right knee. The peg leg plays host to barnacles and bivalves, seagrass and sand dollars, and is tooled only enough to support his weight. The prosthetic is not alone in this task, though. The lithoderms that typically dot the skin of his people have peeled back in places to reveal the top of cone snail shells, and his natural patterning seems to shift with thin bands across his face and chest. I'm Wusha Brainchild, the wandering tide. I assume that you're the, uh, fella crown? If three out of four. My, you're a big one, aren't you? <laughs> Got a lot to eat, so uh guess it took to the bones. What do you eat? Uh, whatever washes up. Fair enough. I don't like sand. I mean, I like <laughs> sand, but I don't like eating sand. It's crunchy and bad and gets all over the place. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> I would say pound for pound, at least, this is quite an upgrade, but... <laughs> We'll see what happens when I get to meet Al. I was hoping I could arm wrestle him a little. Oh, I'm sure he'd be delighted to try. <laughs> it's like trying to shake hands with a tree. Now, I I don't come alone, or at least not with empty pockets or whatever you call these. Wusha's going to go fishing around in the pouches on his belt and pull out little things. You're old pen, eh? I... I'm an old soul, I guess. Good enough. I got this for you. He hands you a little, like, tied-up bow made of seagrass that's still pretty wet. <laughs> Looks very proud of himself. From the moment Penny's eyes fell on Wusha and the reality of how being replaced on the team kind of dawns on her, she has become kind of distinctly pouty. <laughs> Great. Sea garbage. It's kelp. Thank you. Finders kelpers. <laughs> <laughs> you put it right up to your snout. You can smell old mother. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Not a problem. That's what I call the sea. Yeah, I get it. I like it. Clearly. You're Yavo, sorry. What a charming pronunciation. Yes. Right. Uh, look, I've been back and forth. Cross lots of tides, cross lots of waves. There's some places I haven't quite managed to get to yet. This little bundle right here is a drawn right to one. 
Hope maybe someday it'll do you good. He's going to hand you a rolled-up old map. Oh, how lovely. Is this from another world? That is a very good question. I would think so. There's not a lot of wet here. Iavos reaches into one of his satchels and pulls out a book that is very thick, and the leather binding almost seems like the actual hide of an animal, um, and its eye opens up and blinks. Oh. And as he flips it open, he sets this map on one of the pages, and it kind of... Makes like a gobbly noise, and then the page is replaced with the map. Well, that's nice. It makes paperwork much more manageable. He was hungry anyway. A mysterious map from another world will will satiate him for some time. Oh, looks like I'm useful already. Yes, and you smell of blackleaf tobacco and seawater and perhaps a fish that is no longer legal to sell. That's mighty kind of you to say. I usually get dead whale. <laughs> yes, that that's what I was going. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. I I get some whiffs of the cleanup after a birthday orgy. No. Ooh. Had <laughs> <laughs> to scrub the deck from that before. You're Gasper, I. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you can call me that. Good. I got you this. It takes a minute a minute to uh, fish it out of the mess that is his trousers. But eventually, he hands you just a big, severed swordfish head. Thought you'd like it. (laughs) Okay. They call this a swordfish, but I'm going to run my finger up the spike on the front. That looks more a spear to me, so we'll be spearfishing together. (laughs) You know I can't eat fish. Oh, uh, I thought you'd wear it. (laughs) Oh, I see now. I see. I, I didn't know if you were supposed to... I, look, I've seen your scries before, and yes. I didn't know if you were supposed to cut it off yourself, or uh, I'm not quite sure how it works, but... So, okay. I like it. I, I appreciate the thought, but let's let's take a small exercise here. Say I, that, that... I'm not saying that I could. Not saying that you could. If I inhabit that head... If you inhabit this... Am I supposed to be repeating after you, or...? No, sure, feel free. Okay. Yeah. If this was your head, let's I, say, how would you breathe? Wusha unceremoniously just shoves a finger in the gills and says, right here. Iavos has been studying Wusha the whole time, too. And he just kind of, does this one even need to worry about breathing? You know, I I, sometimes. (laughs) I'm sorry we didn't bring you anything. They put locks on the dumpsters outside our apartment. Well, then I'll have to find a way to break them. Can you inhabit an animal head, Gaspar? Is that a... Or does it need to be something more sentient? I believe it needs to be a little bit closer to my body. If this was the uh, swordfish head of a triton, perhaps. Is it? No, but if it helps, he fought like a bastard. I don't doubt that. Well, at the end of the day, it's one more sharp thing to stick into someone. (laughs) Take what you need from it. Throw the rest out. It's clearly like days old. Yeah, yeah. Gaspar's yeah. <laughs> just going to sever the sword spear nose of this fish <laughs> and then just punt the head into the arena. <laughs> uh, the head falls a good distance before landing directly on top of one of the zombies that is currently shuffling towards one of the heroes and he just collapses <laughs> under the weight of it. I imagine several groups of people are like, hey! <laughs> oh shit, that was interference. <laughs> nice shot. Right to where I aimed it. <laughs> Heads are one of his favorite weapons. (laughs) (laughs) Drinks. Drinks. 
You ever had Chunky Grog? Uh, is that a friend of yours? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's been me only friend. At this, the stranger leads you into one of the back uh, cells. There's still somewhat of a view of the fights below, but largely this is a private place. As soon as the door closes, you can hear nothing from outside. The smell is also immediately a lot. <laughs> there has to be a venting option. <laughs> As you walk past these cells, you notice that you cannot see inside of them. There seems to be just kind of an illusory artificial dungeon cell inside. But when you enter your own, it seems to be actually a pretty nice bar. Hmm. Well, what do you say, Penny? Would you care for a drink? You feeling all right? I'm feeling fine. Thank you. Uh, so, Wu Shaw. Hey. Uh, our previous teammate, who we've been with since the beginning, uh, seems to have vanished on us somewhat unceremoniously. And uh, fine to meet you and all, but uh, we've been working so hard on things like synergy and understanding. What is it that you do in the league? Ah, uh, well. <clears throat> I've been a ringer now for a while. Uh, I uh, think I'm pretty good at, at supporting teams when necessary. Uh, my two best skills are taking my, my harpoons and chucking them into things what need chucking in on. And, uh, well, standing like a great big rock in the sea, breaking waves against him. I see. And uh, why is it that you are a ringer and not a member of a team at present? <sighs> That one. That's a sharp question. I, Does I, it? I do. know very little of these things. No, I understand, and I knew it were going to come up, but mm, still a little sensitive. <sighs> I went through my, uh, what's it, forge challenge, my, my ascension to hero rank, and draft came up. All the rest of my team got drafted, and I didn't. Oh, dear. I think it's because uh, they thought I might only be good on, uh, you know, deck of the ship or, or you know when the wet's about but there's <laughs> it's gonna be happening a lot there's a lot of skills you can learn when you're you know high at the seas or on the high seas i've been a bit of both but i'd like to think that professionals could see how that translate into a difficult high combat environment but apparently bloody not have you ever left a teammate behind i'm real good at pulling weight no matter whose it is What's the hardest situation you've ever been on? Oh, I think it's when I died. That was hard. <laughs> You're all better, though? Great Mother C saw fit to fill me with life again. She even named me. What name did she give you? The one I have now, Wusha. I sat and listened to her for a long time, and I heard it. Wusha. Wusha. <laughs> and I said, yep, yeah, that's me. Well, thankfully it wasn't a seagull. No, I think... Wouldn't be particularly pleasant now, would it? <laughs> I've always been fascinated by the sea. I, I was raised on a farm. Were you? No water for many, many miles. Ooh. And even then, small sinkholes, puddles, things like that. Brother told me of the sea. He'd been on ships before, but I've never even seen a real one. I mean, error had water, but that place has everything. Oh, you wouldn't know. I'd like to see your character sheet. How do they rate your armor class? <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, well, it's very important. How is our main tank? Of course. We don't need a support. That's completely understandable. Here, uh, hold on. Takes it out of one of his pouches and just wrings a bunch of water out of it and then hands you a wet, limp character sheet. <laughs> there you go. 
How long have you used this? There's eraser marks all over it. It's all yellow and purple. <laughs> I like to think that not as blemishes, but history. Is that tea, coffee, or the other thing? Uh, that's coffee. That's chunky grog, what with the chunks removed. And, uh, that is me blood. It's a good attack bonus. Thank you. <laughs> what was your stealth rate to that? Uh, y- you know, for for a big lad, I tend not to be fairly loud, but it's not something I've taken a lot of time to learn how to do well. Looks good to me. Thank you. Surprised you can move that quietly hauling around that stump. <laughs> yes, your stealth ratings look decent. I appreciate true feedback. I'm sure you would like your feedback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old Pen, I'm uh, particularly excited to start working with you. I have so many questions about what being plural. Great. Great. I met the first one, you know. The first what? The first plural. Never. What? That doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. It, 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 it. There's one everywhere. And when you think about it, it's all the same. The sea is the first plural. Every sea is just different parts of the same sea. You see? Interesting philosophy. As the words hit your ears, you start to realize he's not actually all that wrong. Some of the standing theory is that the elementals and elements at large are the original plurals of physical matter. And therefore, he might not be entirely incorrect. I kind of hate how much sense that makes. <laughs> it says here that you have uh, resistance to cold. Aye. We'll have to change some of our tactics. That's fine. You're not uh, much of ones for standing out in the rain. And as Iavos is looking over the character sheet, he pulls out a pair of spectacles and places them on his nose. And you notice he's not looking at the sheet, he's looking at you. He says, so what's important to you? What do you care about? I care about making sure that if I can pull through, the crew can pull through. I care about freedom to stretch me arms and travel where I need to go. I care about making certain that if our ship's to float, it floats with all of us aboard. Give me an insight check there with advantage. Uh, 20 total. He's terrified. Every word out of his mouth reeks of somebody answering questions at a job interview, mm-hmm. even though he already has the job. But he's not lying. How long has it been since you've been on a quest? A real quest? <sighs> Some cycles now. Before or after you died? Weren't much for questing before I died. <laughs> Weren't much for working either. That bit me. Hmm. Well, it seems uh, as delighted as I am, the situation is that we're locked in with you. Uh, as arranged by our manager. So, you'll be coming with us. Whether or not you pass or fail some kind of sit-down here, we don't have choice. As soon as you say that, Wusha slams his great big hands down on the table as hard as he can and says, Fun-fucking-tastic! As you do that, you see some splinters kind of shake loose from the wood, and uh, the facade starts to kind of break away as the impact kind of opens up some of the interior of the actual table itself. And you realize this is all held together by magic. Ooh. Yes, it seems we don't have much choice. So just tread carefully because you're going to be filling some very big shoes. 
That's new. <laughs> and why are you on the league? You here for the money? The glory? Glory and fame is part of it. Glory, not the spending kind, but glory, the kind what people remember. I, uh, have a dream. A longing in me. I wish to see every face the sea can give. And if people know me from the league, hell, I don't have to pay passage on ship no more. <laughs> Penny's face almost softens a little at that answer before she stubbornly turns her gaze. Well then, may I propose a round of beverages and or eye droplets of flavor? Chunky grog to us all! Red wine, please, to whatever waiter you're speaking to, <laughs> looking around the room. I feel like we have to at least try Chunky Grog once. It's good. I think I will be fine not exploring this mystery. <laughs> as soon as the idea of wanting a drink kind of crests into your mind, your cell door opens. And in walks what looks to all appearances to be a goblin. But it doesn't speak like a goblin. Hey, everybody. How's everyone doing? Can I start you with any apps? We've got mozzarella goblin fingers. Don't worry. They're not mine. Uh, you know what? Actually, I just remembered. Okay. So, Gaspar, I know you. I've been watching you on the scry. I talked to our manager about getting something very special just for you. Whatever you want to drink, go ahead and order it. Because, boy, howdy, we got something lined up. Don't give him a fish head. I'll take this chunky grog. Fantastic. Is that four chunky grogs then? Oh, aye. Uh, red wine for me, please. Oh, I'll get you a chunky grog too, just in case, huh? <gasps> she walks out and then sometime later comes back with three chunky grogs, one red wine, and what looks like a small crystalline dagger. She passes out your relative drinks and then hands the crystalline dagger to Gaspar. So the way that works is you go ahead and stab it into your head. Don't worry, it's not going to hurt much, but it forces the experience of whatever you're drinking into your skull. It's like you're drinking. Okay. We had to try it out on a few of our zombies. They weren't very responsive, especially after we put something in their head, but they're not usually responsive anyway. Did you try this on non-zombies? You know, I don't think it occurred. Well, let's see if it works. (laughs) (laughs) Max, what does he taste? Chunky Grog is exactly three things. It's rum seawater, and ground-up shells. (laughs) Oh, God! (laughs) Obviously not ground-up enough to not be chunky. Nope. You gotta chew it. It tastes exactly the way he describes it, and you can feel it as if something was being poured down your throat. I can feel my teeth breaking, but they're not. You mean getting stronger? Yeah, not my teeth, so. You do, however, take one psychic damage. (laughs) Immediate hangover. (laughs) For every drink you want to take, you will take one psychic damage, but you can have it and you can experience the full uh, gamut of intoxication. Lovely. I don't miss hangovers. It's a shame to waste it on Chunky Grog. (laughs) (laughs) I I imagine Gaspar would have a private stash. How many things do you have on the menu? Anything you can think of. Non-Chunky Grog. Good old-fashioned Grog can do. No, I, I want Chunky Grog, but... With the seashells sifted out. Well, that seems to kind of... All right. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Why? You continue to drink and enjoy yourselves. Uh, Gaspar, for the first time in a while, experiencing what it feels like to taste something and enjoy it. It hurts. (laughs) (laughs) But as the night winds down, you grow closer. Not terribly close to this unusual man, question mark. Big boy. Well... Uh, To the future endeavors, however long they last in this fashion, 
to the successors of the Fallow Crown. Gaspar raises his head with like 16 <laughs> daggers stabbed onto it. <laughs> I just left him there. Fallow Crown. Yes. That's not what I've heard some of the ringers say. We have a reputation on the ring. It may have been started by someone I was on a team with for a while, but if it's fair, he's got a rude name too. Very curious. What's that? Oh, Fidgen Arsepool. <laughs> it figures. Wait, Ashpool? That's how you say it. <laughs> and what did he call us? Oh, Phallic Crown. Ah, Phallic Crown. Oh, yes. dickheads. That's. Balance, yes. That's actually really good. <laughs> Points for cleverness. All in good fun, though. It's how crew rib each other. Fair enough. Aye. Is that so? Ribbed for our own pleasure. <laughs> well. Right in the arse pool. Then I second Diavos <laughs> to the future of the phallic crown. And all that we penetrate. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to EXPN, The Experience. Your only source for up-to-date coverage on the League of Ultimate Questing. I'm Paige Theta Rowe. And I'm Warren Rustborough. In our top story tonight, mm. with recent restrictions placed on the gate transport, Zenithal businesses are turning inward, so to speak. The spokes have become de facto supply line for the bulk of Zenith's goods and services. While some economic impact has been seen, a near-instantaneous recovery has prompted the question. Can Zenith become self-sufficient? Or is it just a matter of time before scarcity takes hold and Zenith is brought to its nadir? Warren? Lord Raspero, we're live. I'm... I'm so sorry. I was waiting for you to say something... Stupid? I hate to disappoint you, Warren, but I was not programmed for faffing about. And faff I shall not. Expect no less from me than news delivered in earnest. And when the time is right, I shall quip witty a few chestnuts of humor into the tapestry of our presentation. In yet more fallow crown news, it would seem Halifon Orison Jr.'s sudden departure might have been planned. Sources in the hub suggest that the absent-minded Asimar filed the paperwork for his exodus mere hours before his departure, prompting some armchair theorists to wonder if the assault on the Crown's press conference was in fact an inside job. It wasn't. Correct. It wasn't. And as if things aren't bad enough for the Crown, Penelope Farthing is confirmed to have sustained an injury during the assault. However, when prompted for comment, Rain Brokenfoe, manager for the Fallow Crown, insists that Penny will be present at the upcoming Battle Axis quest, their first at Hero Rank. As for the vacancy left by Hal the Halo Orison, a ringer by the name of Wusha Brineschild, the Wandering Tide, shall take the wheel. It would seem after a successful Forge challenge, Wusha was unable to secure a slot on the competitive Hero roster, and rather than accept a position in a local league, elected to remain on the ring. His time in novice rank suggests a strength-based ranger, with an emphasis on tanking and DPS. An unusual but effective combination. Will this rising tide lift all ships, or will the crown fallow in brackish waters? Only time will tell. Well said, old boy. Uh, Warren, are you all right? Your eye seems to be producing liquid. Are you saddened? Or is there an irritant in our biosphere? 
I'm just... That felt good. Thank you. Clanky, clanky. Penetrate. <laughs> that was quite the line. That was quite the direction for the end of that to, to take. Yeah. We really got into the meat of it. Oh, well, and well, I God. don't regret saying that as Everything much as I Everything you say is worse. <laughs> Welcome back to the table, Max. Welcome I'm back. back, baby. Let's just go around the table since this is the opener, starting with... Hi, I'm Max Hobbs. I'm playing Wusha Brineborn, the Wandering Tide, uh, and I'm also co-host of Help Action. Yeah, check out Help Action uh, by going to helpaction.com. Help-action.com. Help-action. That's the uh, hyphen, not the words dash. Slap dash help dash action dot dash dash com. (laughs) Dot dash dash (laughs) com? Yeah, it ends in really juicy fucking like. Just uh, a dash of it, really. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. just a little dash of cum. Jesus. Oh, like, my God. Like everything just gets worse. <laughs> like bitters on your yeah, seafood. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you Look, when, when you said I don't come alone earlier, I bit my tongue. So let's keep it professional. Also, isn't Angostura Jizz a Star Wars character? Yes. Okay, good. Moving on. I'm Angelo Kaluuk. I play Gaspar Lefnot, the rogue of the Phantom subclass, who's, you know, kind of headless. That's true. And I am Dana Ebert playing Penelope Farthing, the Fawn Bardlock. And unlike my character, I am actually delighted to have Max here because I like <laughs> working with Max very much. I'm just staying in character. Oh, thank you. Uh, my name's Law. I play Avos Isadora, witness to the Withering Acre and creative director Slapdash. And I am, of course, excited for Meax. Yeah. Everyone said it except <laughs> Angelo. He has to see me. I wish my We said what we said. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, he knows. No, I've never I seen you as a player, so I'm very excited about Wait, that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, let's get weird. All I've right. only Hell recently yeah. started saying Max is a player. He's in a Strahd game with me, and it's very, very Oh, good. yeah. See, I've, I've played under Max um, in, in, in his professional capacity, uh, and then he ran here, and I, yeah, haven't experienced it. <coughs> I think we're going to have a good time. And I'm Zach Barkus. I'm the dungeon boy and master of this particular shitty bar dungeon. Boy, oh, boy. Woo! Uh, I am also the creative director of Slapdash Studios. I want to thank Bree Golden for the fantastic maps that we've got coming up, but I fucking love them to death. I also want to thank Hedegar the Editor for putting this all together for us. Uh, do we have a play of the game? I was I would, about to ask about that. I would I'd like really to propose, excited. perhaps, that for non-combat episodes, instead of trying to figure out MVP play of the game, Ooh. we just have a mini highlight. Okay. The highlight of the episode. Oh. I think it'll be a lot easier for us to not have to like come up with an NPC or like a, a role play scenario. I like that. I like just that. a thought, something to play with. Yeah, so sure. like, like a highlight. Um, I, ooh, I, you know, I like the idea that we go around the table and each person talks about the thing that they liked the most. About I like that a lot. That's great. Starting with Max, I fucking loved the goblin voice. The like mm. first goblin who showed up in the hospital. Oh, that, uh, he's not a goblin. He is no. not. Oh yeah, I <laughs> love that voice. It's fantastic. Um, he was described as goblin-like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you had to put something on him, he's, he's a, a rag homunculus. Yeah. Many a fake ra- creatures are, are <laughs> goblin-esque. B- yeah. Boogle nose. Boogle. Boogle nose. Boogle nose. Uh, uh, <laughs> 10 out of 10 character. <laughs> Love him. Love everything about him. Hmm. I think, weirdly enough, I I liked how sad Rain got. Mm. Uh, mm. Very guilty. I, I felt it in the room. I don't know if that... I felt it If too. you can hear it all the way, but you could see, like, Zach's acting kick in there. So 
Thank you. We got to record it video-wise. Mm. Yeah, but uh, obviously, I, I don't feel good that Rain's guilty, but that was that was some juice. <clears throat> oh, it's so hard. Both of those are, are such good picks. Um, you know what? I, I expected Wuxia to come in at 11 and be slightly off-putting, but um, the description of Chunky Grog... <laughs> Mm. When when it got to like it's bad enough the name but when you described what it was I just like <laughs> he is what he drinks salty Thank rum you. shells yeah, yeah no I felt it in my soul so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the the salty or the chunky grog description nice <laughs> I've never tasted them, seashells they don't taste great if you have them in a sandbag they're pretty good <laughs> are they ground to the point of still crunching I mean yeah huh. Uh, the I thin ones are the thin, the thin ones, ones sure and it's just <laughs> basically just the ocean's Quaker Oats like. yeah <laughs> rolled and rolled Quaker Oats Quaker Oats <laughs> I that uh, I think for me it was just when we walked in the bar and from an audience perspective like getting that first little mantra of learning the vibe of Wuxia the, the intro line the little sea poem just to end with the very casual, it's me. Uh, I think that's a great moment, and I think it kind of sets up the audience for like what they're going to get out of this character. Thank you. That was that was the thing I repeated to myself the most while walking around my neighborhood at mm-hmm. fucking midnight, walking my dog, loudly practicing the accent. Hell so yeah. I'm glad it paid off. Also, Waker Osh, not Quaker Osh. Waker Osh. Ooh, I like that. Waker Osh. <laughs> that's pretty darn good. It's basically a Pokemon gym leader. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Um, I think for me, my favorite thing to do here, I was very, very pleased with how uh how uh, the insectoid voice went. I was really that worried was about it and I had a great time doing it. I was like, okay, this was not as hard as I, I thought it was going to be. Um, but overall, I loved everybody's play here. You all did a great job of filling like of like filling out what was happening in your personal experiences without overdoing it. It was just very tight and controlled. Michael I, was kind of quiet though. Michael was very quiet. <laughs> Is he still in the closet? Are you in there, Michael? <laughs> He's been closed in there for months. <laughs> Michael is going to be uh, on paternity leave for a few months for a while. Just got to give him some time and let him get things ready. And uh, honestly, we're going to miss the hell out of him. And when he comes back, we're going to do our best to uh, uh, celebrate his return. Uh, Keep your seat warm for you. We're all obviously hoping like him and his wife experience a very happy and good start to their new child. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Um, Zach. Can I make one request of you from the fucking Mantis Toboggan voice, which is what I am calling that character. There's nothing you can do to stop me. Sure. Will you say, can I get a Magnum condom for my monster dong? <laughs> I will not be doing that. <laughs> damn it. So, you know, he's a cleric because he's a praying man. You know, <laughs> when, uh, when this episode airs for the premiere on Monday, when it comes out, you know, in, in, in Twitch, I will say that line uh, during the Q&A segment Thank as you. Penny. Yes. Thank One you. condom for my monster dong. Ha ha! You did it anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, look forward to a very special episode or series of episodes featuring Hal and his solo experience in uh, Itultoa. Uh, but until then, we love you all and we wish you luck. <laughs>